Welcome to episode 344 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alrighty, team, welcome along to episode 344 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? Good evening, Bevan. Good evening, listeners. Good evening, listeners to uh, NPR, yeah. late night, I Am Talk. Yes. And it now is officially past John's bedtime. Yes. If you listened to last week's show, which you should have, uh, you would have noticed that we were recording back-to-back and we're starting late in the evening and it's currently 9.48pm. The clouds are coming over the sky. It is good at this time of year, but isn't it? Because yeah. it's light. Yes. And it's just getting it's dark. Not light now. Oh, it's not, but the, you, the lights of the city are about below us. Yeah. Clouds are opening up and it's a... Good description, Bev. People, people are feeling it. People uh, are loving yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. They're just, I'm feeling at one with the earth. Yeah. I'm um, talking proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com. Get that tasty stuff into you. Don't drink it now, John. Well, you probably need to to get through the next hour, yes. but you won't sleep tonight. You've got a big enough cup over there to bloody share with me. That's right. Uh, Athlinks.com. Um, social networking for endurance athletes. That's and us. And extreme endurance. A lactic buffer. You always forget SLS. Oh, okay. SLS. Yeah. Okay, John. Um, I'll help you out here because I haven't you, edited this This week's part. show. No, no, I'll do it because it's my job because otherwise I'll do nothing. Okay. Um, this week's show, John. Oh, yes. It's not true. News. Yeah. Okay, now you're going you to have to edit this. Check. Age group of the week. Check. High five. Negative. Website of the week. Check. Coach's Corner. Negative. Interview. Yes. Necker. Yes. Yes. Question and answer. Probably negative. Recipe. Oh, I forgot it off there, but yes, yes there is, Bevan. I'm, I'm editing the crap out of this recipe. Okay. Fair based enough. on the feedback we got last week. Okay, let's have a look at news. Coming up this weekend, we've got Challenge Wanaka, and we are talking to Mecca later on the show. And if we're looking at the... The race information, have they got the profile up? They have. I've got to give both. Um, so we've got two races coming up this weekend. Where do I look for the profile? Uh, you look under top athletes. Oh, yeah. Scroll down, and it's got a nice little pretty picture of them all. Um, scroll down a bit to the bottom. Some of it's as much. Oh, so Usher's racing? No, that's it. There's a picture at the top there. No, but it says and Richard Usher. Yeah, they have oh, what the pros say. say. Uh-huh. Scroll down, and you've got okay, top, the guys top, race. Top contenders. We've got Jamie White, who won it last year. Uh, I think you're Didn't he beat Bevan? Right. I remember commentating on it. it was, he's won one year, whether yeah. it was last year or not. I can't remember. We probably could go to the results page, but... <sighs> Way too hard. Axel Rise is in there. Axel Rise is out there running with Axel tonight. How's he looking? Um, oh, he, I mean, he's obviously not going to be a contender, but, you know, he's a, he's a, a nine. Could he pull off a nine? Uh, well, I don't know. On that new course, like yeah, a- new Axel's, course Axel's basically the same same as me, sort of a, a sub-nine rote guy um, down there. He'll be... What do you do in there? 903? Uh, yeah, a different course the year I did it. Right, the run was a little bit short, I think. <laughs> I think I Not think, even, John. Not I think even. I did 907. Well, think. apparently Rhodesy's been smack-talking it. He's, he's saying it's his race. It's, he's, he's got it. Which, you know, if there wasn't a guy called Chris McCormick racing, you might say he's got a race, chance. Got if he chance. wasn't McCormick wasn't racing, who would you put your money on? Has Rhodesy still got it in him? I'd probably go for Leon Griffin. Okay, that's who I'd probably go Leffield. for. Yeah, no, he's not a bad athlete. Um, that's who I'd probably go for. I'd go for Rhodesy. He'd go for Rhodesy. Good on you. Dylan McNeese. Dylan McNeese it will spark up the race early on. He'll be uh, far and away the best swimmer, and he'll have uh, 
he could potentially have five minutes. No, but not on Rhodesy. Um, I don't know how much you have on Rhodesy, but on some of those other guys, he could potentially have four to five minutes on them. Um, we'll see how he goes. I'm, I'm, I'm quite interested to see how he goes. He's an ITU guy, um, fantastic swimmer, average biker, okay runner. He, he, he could be... Um, no, I mean... <laughs> I'm talking relative to say a Macca or somebody or, okay. or a Jamie White. This wasn't a very glowing report. Well, no, he's he's good. I mean, like he was he was the guy that had the sprint finish at. Oh, I uh, thought he's impressive. Race. No, he's he's good. But I'm taking talking. Yeah, of course, he's another compared one. to yeah. a Macca or somebody. Um, he he should be able to run close to about three hours. Oh, uh, if he runs the three hours there. Yeah. Um, the course is going to be tough this year, but isn't it? Because it is. they're doing a double lapper out to Coronet Peak, aren't they? Yeah. And that's a that's that's not Coronet Peak. Um, Cadrona? No, no, they're not doing double lap there. So the, basically, they made some course changes. The swim in Wanaka is sensational. Oh, it's beautiful. Great. Sometimes potentially just be a little bit cold, but it's just beautiful. The um, it's just cool getting in. The bike you, you start out, you head out to a place called Treble Cone and back, and then they've changed it this year. You used to have a what was potentially a very windy stretch, um, basically looping a Lake Dunstan, and they've changed that now to basically being pretty undulating the whole way. It's going to be a tough day on the bike. It's going to be really, really quite hard. Um, there's not going to be a lot of flat, not a lot of reprieve, and the road surface is um, big chip, and it's um, usually windy. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's not. Going to be war it's games. a beautiful ride, but it's not a pretty ride to ride, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like, it's, it's, it's a challenging ride. It is. And uh, and then the run's fantastic. We talked about the run lots before. But, yep, obviously Macca is the man um, who should, you know, on paper just crush everybody, even if he's not in best fitness. Outside of Macca, you know, it's 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 pretty reasonable um, balanced field between Jamie White, Keegan Williams, Leon, Griffin and Rhodesy. I don't know anything about uh, Deirdre Nurk Schertinger from the Netherlands and um, and Dylan is probably, you know, the bit of the dark horse. He could do really well. Um, but there you go, someone like Dylan, you know, maybe this would be a better distance for him because he's not quite fast enough in that short, short stuff. Uh, but the problem, is, is, the problem is his bike is, is probably his weakest oh, of the disciplines. Get, yeah. So, um, but um, I think he's he's been put on some hard yards. He's so. pretty young too, isn't he? Uh, maybe 26, 27? Yeah, I think he's later twenties rather than yeah. mid. But no, I think potentially he could do quite well. Obviously, nutrition is going to be a big part of the day for him. I'm um, quite excited about the girls' race. It's it's a pretty solid little field there when you've got Gina versus. Uh, Joe Lawn, and then you've got Candice Hammond in the mix as well. Kate Bev- Bevilacqua, you never know what um, sort of game she's going to bring to the, the table. So I think um, could be a nice little race there, I think, on the girls' side of things. What about Simone Mayer? She's had a couple of good races, hasn't she? I'm not quite sure. Okay. Yep, and you've got Jodie Scott from Australia, Julia Grant will be nipping at their heels, um, and then Tamsin Hayes, who's a Queenstown local. So... Yeah, mm. it's going to be a big weekend down in Wanaka. Good luck to everyone racing there. It's, it's, it really is one of the, the like, it's got to be one of the most beautiful races in mm. the world. Mm. You know, the lake is just, just stunning. Like, There's I lots like, to do there. I, I could live in a place, well, you wouldn't be able to swim it that often, that's any problem because it's so cold, but you, you're swimming and you breathe and you just turn one way and you just, like even when you're swimming and you're breathing a lot, you mm. see this amazing view and then you turn the other way and there's another amazing view. Exactly. Both sides. Exactly. So coming up this weekend, and uh, they normally have a little bit of live coverage on the website, challengewanaka.com, and we'll be reporting in next week on how everybody's got on. John, but, big race as well this weekend. Yes, and uh, the Asia-Pacific 70.3 championships. It's just a real shame that it's on the same weekend as Wanaka. Um, which is a bit of a bugger really because we don't have that many races in New Zealand but anyway it's on and uh, it's going to be pretty exciting far out yeah 
that, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was looking at some other website. <laughs> it's, you um, sent me that link? Yep, I did. Okay, okay, yeah. it's, um, <laughs> what is exciting me about this is uh, the men's race is it's a Kiwi grudge match. You've got the veteran Cam Brown, you've got the Olympic distance dude who's done it all, basically, Bevan Doherty, and Terenzo Bozzoni, who is a junior and you know, sort of rushed onto the scene, crushing everything. And he's won world titles, 70.3 titles. But oh, and, and over that distance, mm. he's one of the best in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at his results coming back from Achilles, he's done pretty bloody well he's, at 70.3. He's done pretty well, but he's not at the same standard. That he oh, was. no, but still, yeah. you know, like, you know, he's had another three or four months under his belt. And then throw into the mix there as well. You've got some other good guys. So Gra- Gra- Graham O'Grady was uh, who won the Port of Tauranga New Zealand race. Um, Clark Ellis, I think he's a real dark horse Olympic distance guy. Pretty handy dude. Um, and then I saw a few other names on there. Paul well. Ambrose. Um, yep, Callum Millwood, who's um, a, another very solid Kiwi guy. Uh, Joe Gambles. Fraser... Cartmel's in there, so it's it's a pretty solid field. They've done pretty well. Not not necessarily dark horse, but Cameron Dye from the states. He has done some outstanding Olympic distance racing, and it's beat. great. We've got forty nine male pros. Yeah, so um, I'm thinking, good good work on getting together a good field. If you're a pro that's wanting to go to Kona, in my opinion, if you're anywhere close to New Zealand, this is a no-brainer. It's got pretty reasonable prize money, and it's got good points. So guys like Bevan Doherty, he is not going to have to work that hard to get into Kona because he's had a fantastic race at the 70.3 Worlds. He'll pick up fantastic points here. He's going to have to do an Ironman, which he's doing Taupo. I'd say after Taupo... there's no points in Taupo. Yeah, but I I would say after Taupo, he's probably going to have enough points. Sweet. Job done. Who are you picking? I probably put if, if, if you and I always says if you made me go to the TAB and put something down. <laughs> well, I didn't. You didn't put it down. <laughs> yeah, I would put my money on Bevan. That's Why? Go. Um, he's very good over this distance. If this was Ironman, oh, I'd be scratching my head for a little while. But uh, over half, I mean, you, you know, you saw how he beat Lance Armstrong on that day. He didn't just beat Lance; he beat a lot of other very, mm. very good guys on that day. Where did he get the worlds? Uh, third, you know, he wasn't. He was just behind Crowey. He yep. wasn't far behind. Um, so beat some outstanding guys there. So, um, assuming assuming he's in great in good shape, um, I think it'll either it'd probably be Bevan. It, it's it is cool, and, and as much as it's just cool that this this kind of formula of having these races with you know we've got Melbourne now, we've got Germany, we've got Kona, you know. Um, what, what, what's the word champs got? Is it Canada's going to be champs this year? The US? It is. That's going to be a bit of a. Yeah, it's bad timing. Yeah. But, you know, now the Australasian 70.3, you know, it's just good, you know, for us for years, we've looked at these blooming pro fields and you've looked at them and you go, well, there's one guy, maybe two guys, whereas this one, you know, like Sean Bevan and, you know, Torenzo, there's a few guys who, Luke Bell, you know, there's a few guys who probably stand out, but they're still, they're going to have to be sharp. It's not a guarantee, oh, yeah. is it? If not, and, and the girls' field equally is. is Really, really good. Caroline Steffen. Oh, she racing? Yeah. Uh, Melissa Holstein. So, you know, there you've got the two best, arguably, well, not arguably, you'd say the two best athletes um, at this distance in the world. Melissa Holstein, uh, I don't know how to pronounce her surname. I haven't even heard of her, John. Oh, she, she, she was that Melissa Rollinson. Oh, and, uh, she, okay. Outstanding runner. Um, so if she's back on form, that could be a very interesting race because Caroline Stephan will need a bit of time on her at the start of the run. You've got Meredith Kessler at this time last year. She was just killing everybody mm. um, and had um, crashes left, right and centre and, and issues. Um, so I'll be interested to see what sort of shape she's in. Liz Blatchford, um, she's a former short course girl, um, obviously looking to up the distance. Same with Annabelle Luxford. So John? That, yep. 
last week's age group of the week, Anna Ross. In there. She's turned pro. Nice. Yep. And uh, and there was somebody else in there. Uh, Kiyomi Nawata, who is about a 500-year-old 500, 500 Japanese girl. Seriously, she has been around forever. 500 um, years? Yeah. She was around before triathlon. She, she's done um, – I'm pretty sure she will have done every Olympics, um, and she did the last Olympics, and she must. She was in, into her, easily into her 40s, um, easily into her 40s. Any good? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, Any good in this race? Like, I don't know what her biking's like, but in ITU drafting races, she's still pretty handy. So, um, yeah, and I think that's a good little good little field there. I think it's worthy of um, being called an Asia Pacific Championships. Whereas when it was in Phuket, um, it didn't seem to have the same. Should Asia Pacific Championships just be for Asia Pacific athletes? Because mm, Caroline sure. Stephanie, she's Switzerland. Mm. I know she kind of lives in Australia right now. Mm. Uh, you know, the Swiss are going to come and take our money. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. No, I think not. I think not. Not you, in this sport because it's would, not like it's that. It's not big enough. No. No. Cool, so man. It's cool. going to be good racing. It's, 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 it's quite a good course. Um, I think the swim, there's a potential for a little bit of disaster in the swim. Are they They've doing got, what they did with the ITU? No, it's in a slightly different area. It's down by that little bridge that opens up in the viaduct. Oh, yeah. Um, and it looks like they've got quite a few boy placements, and I just worry a little bit that it's quite Confusing. hard to, to see things in that when you're Is it a mess start with pros no, wave, wave starts. Um, and then you go over the Auckland Harbour Bridge, which is a nice little climb, and you've got a few climbs on the far side and the North Shore, which um, will be two, a few little testers in there. And um, the runway oh, really nice. Oh, they go over nice. the bridge. Yeah, go over the bridge, Are right around the North Shore. The well, they'll close a couple of lanes, like the marathon, and wow, um, and then come, come back over, and then uh, run around the waterfront. So it should what be um, it nice. Seven o'clock. I'll, I'll go. I'll be able to see a bit of it. Mm? I'll be there. I'll be there with my microphone. I'll take Good. my microphone. Good on you. If you see me there, come up and I'll yep. do an interview. Yeah. Yep. Wear your Kona t-shirt. Okay. Yeah. And go. I'll cross it out. And put Auckland. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I've got a couple of them. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. There you go. Yep. So a big weekend of racing in New Zealand. Looking forward to it. Okay. And what else news do we have, John? That's it. Okay, good news. Good Sponsor. Athlinks. Give, give Athlinks a little bit of love on Facebook. That's my message this week. because He's uh, good like that because what John does every week is he gives me show notes. Because John does the, the show notes and the show prep and kind of the money stuff, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I kind of do the, the pleb work, like the, the processing and all that kind of boring stuff and responding to emails. But... Do you know what I did, John, recently? What did you do I've recently? I've got an assistant. Oh, have you? And it has made a big difference to my life. Yeah. So now when I get email answers, it's not actually No, because I still answer to the I Am Talk interview. Yeah. But for my running business, we've got an assistant. Um, what you do is you get like a mum mm-hmm. who, you know, wants to work from home. You, you pay them just for the hours they do at home. 50 cents an hour. Pretty much. That's <laughs> going right. And, uh, and I think we pay pretty fair. But... Um, and it's made. It's given me so much time. It's mm. unbelievable. I don't realize how much emails took up my life. Mm. And it was like you know, I used to often get over a hundred responding emails a day. Mm. And uh, you'd open up emails, and it was just like a sense of dread. And uh, and got this assistant on place, and she took over the majority of the emails I take. And I open up my emails, and I get like ten emails. Nice. Or, or maybe a little Not, bit more nine than that, of them from me. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. And. Uh, Tell you what, if, and and for the cost mm. of doing it, it's, it's a pretty good return on time investment. Mm. So if you're out there and you're, you're getting kind of bogged down by stuff like that, and work with, like the mother factor really worked really well because it was she was someone who, you know, was quite happy. To, you know, kids are asleep in the afternoon, mm. you know, it's they can earn a little bit of extra income. It was a real win-win, and so just putting it out there, John. 
Back to athletes. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and I'm in there to give them a bit of love. So if, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, how can I support these guys? Simply go onto their, onto their simply simply go onto their Facebook page, give them a little like. They've got a hell of a lot more likes than we have. They've got like thirteen thousand of them. What's all that about? Yeah, athletes, share a bit of that liking with us. Yeah. Um, but seriously, that's just one way you can support those guys and they um, they post a bit of banter up there from time to time and, and get a bit of feedback from you guys. And it is the new year, so now is the time we can go back and update all your 2012 results on Athlinks. For you Northern Hemisphere athletes, it's cold, it's wintry, you could just be sitting on your computer. It's one of the things you do when you're just watching a movie. Yeah, somebody else is taking care of your emails um, <laughs> and get all your results updated. Uh, we've talked about lots before. You will regret it if you don't do it when you're an old washed-up athlete like Bevan and you've forgotten all these races you've done. You should I need to put my result from a couple weeks ago on. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I will. There you go. I'm going to do it now. You so can check it out, athlinks.com, and get your results up there for 2012 and start logging the 2013 ones for you Kiwis and Aussies and South Africans. South Africans. Do you do South African voices? South Africans. Say something, say, say a sentence. My name is Nelson Mandela. That's bloody hopeless. It was all right. It was all right. It's all about, almost about a croak, isn't he, old Nelson Mandela? I don't know. I've got, I got given a book of his years ago. I never read it. Mm. Have you read his book? No. I've probably got it in there, my list of books. Mm. <laughs> music. Okay, wait, wait a second. I'll put some music on. Here we go. I was just looking at my results from the Queenstown QT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Each group of the week. Do you know what, John? What? I'm going to go a little bit off target here because that's what I do. But do you know what's really hard when you're being the previous OK athlete mm-hmm. going back to racing? What? Is trying to lower everybody's expectations about how well you're going to do. Because I was staying at Joe's family mm. for we – went, I went there Christmas Day. And they lived literally like a cave from them where the race was. And they go, oh, you're racing. Oh, yeah, yeah, good. Oh, how are you going to go? Crush it. And uh, the whole time I'm saying, look – I haven't trained. Mm. You know, like I spent the whole three days just justifying how bad I'm going to be. And then you were bad. <laughs> well, I no, because I said, look, if I get, I wanted to get a top 10. If I didn't get yeah. a top 10, I would have been gutted. Yeah. But you do spend a lot of time because, you know, they've seen me race when I've done okay. Mm. And you, you really are spending a lot of, you know, all your energy is just trying to lower their expectations. You, you were lucky they had an Olympic. It's the first time they've had an Olympic distance. If they hadn't had that Olympic distance, you would have had a few more guys in there. Would have bumped you out there. You reckon I would, would you, yeah, you're right. But no, you take it, you take it, you know, that's what was in front of you. There was a race, I was actually going to do the Olympic race, it wasn't your influence. Good. Yeah, and I'm glad I didn't do the <laughs> Olympic. Anyway, age group of the week, let's, so let's have a look at this here. So age group of the week being sent through from Scott Conoli. Yep. Yep. Um, and he's got, g'day John and Bev. I like that, Bev. Yeah. I'm an Uncle Bev, that's what they call me. Love the show, guys, and keep up the great work. He's Sunday yawn on me. It's okay, it is 10 o'clock. Uh, I really hope you select the following story as your age group of the week, uh, as I believe it will inspire, be an inspiration to all your listeners. I would like to nominate a really good mate of mine, Benny Moore, after his performance in Ironman Western Australia last weekend, which was a few weeks ago. As a part of Ben's story, which makes it so inspirational, is the unfortunate race he had at Ironman Australia in 2008. Benny was aiming for a sub-10-hour race, however, seemed to struggle throughout the entire race, finally crossing the line in 11.55. As soon as he finished the race, he was rushed off to the medics. He had uh, loads of fluids in his lung, which 
um, were in his lungs, which was making it really difficult for him to breathe and put his heart under a lot of pressure. He was in a really bad way. The doctors were worried, really worried, that he was damaging his heart, so they wanted to knock him out and let the ventilator breathe for him and take the pressure off. However, they decided to treat him with sodium injection and it was pretty risky doing this. Wow, it's pretty crazy, isn't it? Luckily, he started to respond to treatment over the next 30 minutes and decided that they would not have to induce a coma. Wowza! This is pretty full on. What are you doing? I'm getting ready for the rest of the show. I am listening. (laughs) They, they then moved um, him from a casualty to intensive care where he stayed for the next four nights or they did loads of tests on his heart and blood content. They initially thought that he had had a small heart attack because of the enzyme hormone they found in his blood. The end result, I believe, was hyponutremia, which appears to be much more common now than what it was five years ago. Ben and his wife Anna went through a lot at this stage in their lives and thankfully he was able to move back into his beloved endurance sports. He didn't complete another Ironman race until last week where he did Ironman Western Australia and what a race he had. One thing you should know about Benny is that he is the smartest athlete I have ever had the pleasure of knowing. He trained extremely well during his preparation for the race. He is coached by Alan Cousins from Endurance Corner. Oh, nice. Yeah, we've had Alan on the show, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a brainiac, okay? Yeah. Who has been great. Ben has a master's degree in sports science and is very much always wanting to know the why and the what of what he is doing. Back into his race in Western Australia, he swam a 57-14, which was a little bit quicker than he had planned for, which was a great swim. On the bike, he was always going to stick to his power that he had been working out with his coach and just focus on nutrition. He finished the ride in a 504, 14th place in his age group of 40 to 44. Now it was time to shine on the run. I'm sure you he won't mind me saying, but he isn't a super great runner, but a really good runner. Um, but he's a really good runner, but I think most importantly, referring back to him being a smart athlete, who knew what paces and heart rate to run at, and again he was going to stick to it. He had a cracking run, finishing in a 3.03. Sensational. Not a really good runner, that's pretty sensational. Marathon, same pace from start to finish, and for an even 4.04 pace, even in the final 4K of the race, to finish in a time of 9 hours 10 minutes and 21 seconds, which was good enough to finish him 23rd overall and most importantly, third um, in the age group to book him a Kona slot. What a legend. Benny is always the first person to help people out, new and experienced. Within triathlon, and for me personally, he was the rock um, for me when I did my first triathlon in 2008 and my first Ironman a couple of years ago. I truly couldn't be happier for Benny as this is just reward for such a nice bloke. He has always been a great mate and deserves this reward. He is an avid listener of the podcast and has been over has been for over three years so I know he'll be chuffed about being age grouper of the week. That's impressive. It is. Really man, like imagine, imagine how scary it would be for his wife. Like imagine if you came into the tent and they're talking heart attack and, you know, they're going to put him into a coma and... I'll tell you a story after this, but yeah, carry on. Got a heart attack story of an athlete of mine that just bloody... In Boxing Day. I've been coaching him for like six years. Sends me an email a couple of days after Boxing Day. Sorry, I might have to uh, not be coaching anymore. I had a heart, I run, out running on Boxing Day and woke up three days later in hospital. He had a wow. massive heart attack. Really? He's like a Kona qualifier. I've been coaching him for about six years. I'm like, I met him, met him early in the year. He came on a Kona camp. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> How sad is that? Yes, but... Um, is but, it gutted? 
Well, obviously, he's but... philosophical. He's he's had a pretty good run. Um, but back to Benny, because it's all about bloody Benny. I'm impressed with his nine ten in per in, in WA, which well, this year was not was not that was is normally fast. It can this be fast, being at the win, can't you? This year was a bit slower. Nine ten, that's a sub nine, solid. Very impressed. Well, I think that there's a couple of things to the point about here is is the stress of that moment, and you think of the family. Like imagine poor Belinda if you came in to the tent and they're talking mini heart rate. I mean, a mini bloody heart attack. Many heart rate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But imagine that. Don't think she You're giving me nothing. He's looking at a website. No, I'm scrolling through here. I want to know how old Benny is. Oh, okay. Well, he's 40 to 44. Bloody hell. And it's then to 19. turn it around. Yeah. There's some pretty good lessons from Benny here as well. Stick to the plan. Yes. You know, yeah. he stuck to his heart rate, stuck to his lactic threshold. Yeah. Stuck to his zones on the bike. Just raced a smart race, stuck to the plan, and, and trusted that it would work. I'm just impressed. He's 40 to 44, went 19. And he's still only third in his age group. Solid. Got to Kona. Got to Kona. Good on you. Benny, you rock. Nice work. Benny, you are our age, age group of the week. week. Love your work, John. Love your work. Okay. Um, while I'm pulling up the notes, tell me what's next. SLSTry.com. There we so go. that's what I was doing. I was getting ready for the next part of the show, and I pulled up SLS. no support in that whole section then. Uh, I was getting ready. I hadn't. I was looking at this in China, and it's going... I haven't done my piece the rest of the show here. Okay. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. And so I went on to slstry.com. First thing that pops up in front of me under the news section is good old Norm Driscoll in his, um, in his I Am Talk tri suit. That article in the, I think it's British 220 magazine. Go under news. So the news we had last week, the main piece of news is that. Uh, oh, really? If you want to be on the SLS Try race team, I don't know if he knows. Probably doesn't. Go there, Norm. SLS try. They're having a race team. You basically get on get on their gig there. You pay ninety nine bucks um, to be on the race team. You got to apply to get on it. You get a race suit. You get socks. You get race sleeves. It's a bit of a no brainer, Bevan. Yep, and it really is. Look stylish as well. So just go on to SLS try. Pop them an email. Um, tell Sebastian how wonderful you are and what a fantastic brand ambassador you'll be for them. And uh, you can be looking stylish in some SLS try gear. And while you're there, get some of their cool socks. Especially you girls, their socks have been featured in Triathlete magazine. If that's not good enough for you, what is? They've got all the f- lovely flowers on them. I like them. Well, it's good gear. Pink, pink and blue. Their team thing seems like a great deal. It's easy. 99 bucks. Yeah. But that's the other thing about SOS Tri that's really cool is it's cool gear, functional, all that kind of good stuff as well, but it's actually reasonably priced. What? We seem to have you hooked up with like Helene Bedevart's one of their sponsored athletes, and then she's sponsored by Extreme Endurance. I think they just listen to the show and they go, "Let's just go knock on their sponsor's <laughs> door. I just want to put some money into sport." <laughs> These old uh, who's that? Jessica Jacobs standing there with Lance Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. Okay, so if I went into the okay, so slstry.com. Yes, is Lance wearing it? No, he's not. Is he wearing Nike? Because I wonder what, who he's in there. Wow. Has Nike ditched him or not? Yeah, Nike ditched him. They, they had did. to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was really controversial because they kind of said, oh, he's still doing good work for the cause and, mm. we, you know, we, we want to keep that association up. And then the publish went AWOL. They went, mm. back it up. This guy's a cheat. And so then they said, well, anyway, if I'd done the Olympic at Lake Hayes yes. to get top 10, I would have had to have done 2.19. What was the winning time? 2.04. And who was By Jamie White. He's pretty solid. Who, yeah, who's Nick second? Rennie came second, 209. So Jamie White dominated five minutes. Nick Rennie's pretty handy. He's like a 15-minute uh, 5K runner. Okay, so I'm what miles of him. Um, Tice, yeah. 210. You would have... You would have... 
Yeah, you would have gone under 220. Yeah. So I would have got top 10. Yeah. Just, you know, just keeping it back. Feel good. Back to SLS Try. <laughs> oh, finish it. SLSTry.com. If you use the code IAMTALK, you get a nice, big, healthy discount. I always love asking John questions about my ability because I actually think he thinks I'm better than I am. No, so it's, um, it's just good. Believe in yourself, Bevan. Thanks, mate. I believe I can fly. <laughs> anyway. Right, if you went, into, if you wanted to try to kid yourself and do an Iron Man, it'd be a different story. Longer would not be better for you, right now. Oh, I would. That's why I encourage you to do the sprint. I, I think I, I would struggle bacon. to do sub ten and a half right now. If I went and just rocked up to Ironman New Zealand, mm-hmm. I, I would struggle to do ten and a half. Um, yeah, I yeah. would. Yep. Yeah. Just you know, look, if I gave it three or four months, yeah, I could probably get under. Close to nine and a half on a good day. Big difference between ten and nine thirty. What are you saying? <laughs> You'd go sub ten, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, if I, well, three or four. If I gave it six months, I reckon I'd get down to about six nine. Months. Maybe not under, under easy under ten. Yeah. Maybe nine forties. Yeah, but and to get back to nine, <laughs> need a couple of years. Yeah, you, you really need to start working. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, okay, we're gonna do an interview. Macca. Okay, we've got Macca on, so let's get him on. He's a bloody legend, and uh, he's got some good insight here. And we ask, we always ask the hard questions, don't we, John? Oh, we do. You do. Yeah. Yeah. I just go for the soft, <laughs> soft, easy ones. He softens them up, and I come with the colour blow. <laughs> here he is. Righty-ho. Um, this, well, by the time this comes out, it'll be the week before Challenge Wanaka, and we're going to see the uh, 1997 ITU World Champion Oh, nice! Footing, footing it down. Making his comeback. He's done, he's done a few other races and done pretty well at some of them. But in you may have heard of him. 1997 beat Simon Lessing and Hamish Carter uh, in Perth for his world. Were you there? Down. I was not there. I did. You pick it? Did you pick Macca winning? Of course I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're full of shit. Macca, welcome back to the show. Oh, we had to go back a long way, though, didn't we? 97. Oh, it was great times. That was like the. Well, after fluffing around with those guys last year, it made me feel that old. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, that was great because you know Lessing was uh, Lessing was a business, and you and you crushed him. I was loving it. I was loving it. Um, but obviously, you're coming down to Wanaka um, to do this uh, the the challenge deal down there. What's um, I mean, obviously, your, your challenge is a big part of what you're doing now. But you know, is, is this race for you? Um, you know, A B C priority. What's what sort of shape are you in coming down to Wanaka? Well, I've got to admit it's been difficult um, getting ready for an Ironman at this time of year. It's been a completely different turnaround for me. Um, you know, it's hard to get to that volume during the festive season and, mm-hmm. you know, you've just come back from a season overseas. And usually, you've, you know, I was in Kona. I didn't have the Kona I wanted. So I was looking for some downtime, but you don't really get the chance to do it. So I, I, I took a bit of downtime. Am I in fantastic shape? I'm in good shape. But... Uh, I won't lie, I'm a little apprehensive. I've been following the weather down there. It looks to be a little bit cold. <laughs> um, you know, you're always apprehensive about races of this distance. You know, uh, you know, iron distance races are a long way and uh, they definitely expose any uh, any holes or discrepancies you've had in your in your build. And uh, I'm just hoping I've done enough and I've piggybacked enough off the uh, the work I did going into Kona and, and you know, been racing for so long that I'll be able to get away with it. But... I'm looking forward to it. It's a looks like an amazing race and uh, an amazing venue. That's what it's in its fourth or fifth year now. So uh, it'd be nice to knock one over early in the season, see where I'm at, and then build to bigger things come later in the season. 
So when you go into a race like this, where you you know you're the raging hot favourite, and yeah, I mean there's some, some there's some good athletes there, but when you're all at your best, um, you'd be clearly on paper well above them. It's strategy in this race. Do you go there racing to to win and working off what the others are, are doing a little bit? Because the reality is you can probably outrun all of them, um, even if you come off the bike. Or are you just going to go out there and and do your race? I find these races more nerve-wracking, to be honest with you. I, I actually prefer, you know, I looked at the Auckland field and I thought, geez, I wish that was my field because you, you tend to get up a lot more for those events, but you also feel that, uh, you know, when you are the red-hot favourite and, and really on paper I should, I should win Wanaka quite comfortably, <clears throat> there's these guys there who are, who are tough, strong guys and they can be pests. So if you're yeah. having a, a little bit off... A day and they're having a good day, they're the guys that can cause you a lot of problems. And what tends to happen if he doesn't go and they cross the line first, you get the what happened? Yeah. You know, we get that in a race like Auckland. There's an expectation that you may not win it because there's a there's a lot of talent there. But with this event, I you know, I had a bit of smack talk with Rosie on Twitter the other day. Rosie's self <laughs> up thinking he's a good shot at winning it. And he said he's prepared a lot for this race because it's a home race and he hasn't won a uh, a long distance race in New Zealand. He sees this as a good opportunity, but you know, I feel like I can, I can win it. It's going to be tough. The back end of the marathon, you know, is going to be tough. But I, I definitely feel like I can win it. No matter, but like I said, I'm a little nervous about that because guys like you are like, well, on paper you should smash this thing. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, hang up, Tiger. Like, yeah. <laughs> if I'm in a fantastic form, I should. But uh, you know, I think um, you know, I get apprehensive and nervous about these ones because. You never, never know. They're those, those annoying athletes that are right there. They do 8.30 every day of the week. If it's off and you run 8.30, they beat you. Exactly. Well, Mick, we, we were just talking last week's show about um, what happened in Kona in transition. Oh, yeah. Can you we, tell the story? Because we saw the, the NBC coverage. They looked yeah, sensational. And then I thought you would have read Marino's Twitter that he blamed me for he'd blown up. Like that, that incident, Marino tweeted out, cost him his race in Kona. I'm like, mate, <laughs> you know, everyone's looking for an excuse in Kona. I'm not yours. <laughs> it was, uh, at the, looking at the coverage, it looks a lot... You know, if you if as you come out of that transition there, where it was me, Marino, and Dirk, and we're about forty seconds down off the back of the guys, and uh, Dirk had lost the group coming back. I was like, man, this is we're in trouble here. But we could always see them at the back, so I thought we'll ride under these guys really quickly. And it was a it was a matter of urgency between the three of us. And as we're running out, you know, you're supposed to be left. You know, it's like you run out, and it's a big sharp left turn. So I was jumping on my bike, looking down, just thinking, Marino was going to veer left. You know, the camera shot is taken from straight in front of us and he never veered left and as I veered left, I just hit him. I just assumed he would let. Then we had a few words and he was yelling and screaming and, you know, it was, I think we'll, all of us, all three of us were under the pump a bit. We uh, we lost some time in that swim and, you know, it's so critical in that early stage now in Kona that, you know, you have to catch up and and looking at that race now when we're coming back along Kuakini Highway, you know, Crowey's seen, you know, myself, Marino, um, Dirk not there, the two Raylert boys, and him and Luke McKenzie laid it down. And, uh, man, that was a quick first 40 kilometres this year in Kona. And, and I think, um, you know, that was just that little incident there and, and things happened and, you know, what happened happened. And, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was very strange. Mm. It was very 
How about the coverage yeah. for, for Pete Jacobs over in Aussie? I mean, obviously you've won it before, Crowey's won it before, um, both several times. Did, did he get a lot of uh, kudos back in Australia for his win? Yeah, he did. He got a lot of kudos last year coming second to, to Crowey. And, uh, you know, this year, here in Australia, definitely, he got, um, I think that the, what happened here in Australia, it's been more a talk of the Australian dominance as opposed to individuals. You know, it's mm. been a rule of the six years of, you know, seven if you count McKeeley, of Australians winning in Kona. When before that, we'd only had one win with, uh, with Greg Welsh and many attempts. So... Pete really got thrown into this this mix with the, with myself, Crowey, and McKeeley, and uh, you know, and, and he was able to capitalise on that sort of stepping stone here a bit. But he was he's definitely a um, he definitely got some attention, that's for sure. And I think just the ease in which he won it, and you know, he's been knocking on the door. He's a as he said in an interview in Noosa this year, you know, he's a he's an overnight success with twenty two Ironmans. He's done twenty two Ironmans. Wow, has he really? He's an, overnight success so he's um he was he was very very happy and i just think he's 22 ironmans i was shocked when he told me that as well yeah i was like really you've done that he's like yeah i used to do four a year yeah. i was like oh well yeah so he's um he definitely got the kudos and he did it very very well and he, he just does things his way and pete's a, a different lad and some people like him some people don't you know he's a very very nice guy i find yeah. him very nice i think mm. that the Find him very, very nice. He just does things his way, and uh, and you know he the press warmed to that. He was quite confident early in the year, and he said, you know, I only need to be one percent better, and I'll win the race. Now everyone laughed when he said that, but uh, you know, speaking to him the week before, we trained a lot in the week before the race, and uh, he's like, yeah, I think I'm one percent better than I was last year. And I remember thinking to myself, Pete, it doesn't work. Like, it's not that simple, is it? <laughs> well, it obviously was, and that's how he thinks, and uh, he improved. Then he won the event, and he did it so easily. So, you know, I think he's get, getting the kudos. People like him here. Yeah. So, but obviously, back to challenge. You know, as I said, it's a big, big part of um, the world of Mecca now. Um, and we talked to you a bit in Kona about about some of this stuff. But I'm really keen to know um, what what you're really trying to bring to the table because you can obviously see from Challenge's point of view, you bring the media coverage and you get out there, and and a lot more people are going to know about Challenge because of your involvement. But what are some of the differences you're trying to to bring to to Challenge events to to make them better? Well, really, I've just looked at how the sport's evolved and, and really I've said to them, let's just look at Ironman racing as a as the comparison and just piggyback off the mistakes they're making. I can sort of give you the feedback from an athletic perspective but and, and when you're picking events and doing events, keep them as destination events, keep the, the core um, racing cool, like each individual race needs to be a standalone race to some degree, don't just brand everything challenge and be quite quite vanilla. I think every single race needs to be standalone, which was which from what Ironman used to be back in the day. New Zealand was a big Ironman and Ironman Australia was a big Ironman. Now it's just Ironman whatever. And um, I said let's really hold on to each individual race and focus on those races before before expanding vertically. Let's expand horizontally per event. And uh, been very, the thing I like about these guys is they're very, very open. They want to add more events. They've got a... a They've got a plan on how many they want to add per year, and I can tell you there's many, many people coming to them to be challenge events, and they're turning a lot of events down, and uh, they're growing very, very slowly. And for me, I'm just saying to them, let's keep that growth solid. 
you know, stick to your marquee events. It's not about having 10,000 people at a race because you're not chasing, you know, we're about chasing an experience. I think triathlon is about an experience. And I told them a very, very good story um, about a very close friend of mine who, who raced Ironman Canada. I, I got him a, a spot in the race and uh, he always wanted to do an Ironman. And he's one of those guys where Ironman is life-changing. He was overweight as a kid. He's one of the big-time, he runs one of the big publishing houses in New York, a very, very powerful man. He went to Ironman Canada last year. He completed the race. I got on the phone. I was excited to talk to him. I said, Rolf, talk to me. How was, how was the event? He's like, Chris, they gave me a plastic medal. This is the first thing he said to me. Not, oh, it was an amazing day or, you know, the boy. He said, I got a plastic medal and a flannel. I didn't even get the finishers towel. And I was like, what? What, what do you mean, Rolf? He's like, you know, I crossed the line. I said, yeah, but how did the time go? He's like, I just can't believe they gave me a plastic medal. That was what he was focused on. I remember thinking to myself, you guys, man, you know, people are getting your logo tatted to their legs. You're losing, you're missing what this is all about. Now, this is life-changing for people. And I told Challenge this. I said, guys, you have to hang on to the journey for the athlete. That's where we came up with Athlete's Journey. The journey is not just when they cross that finish line. It's the entire process from signing up to preparing to finishing to how was it, what can we do better. That is the journey of the race. That is the journey of the athlete. And it doesn't finish when they cross that line. And we've got to make sure we're embracing every single one of those finishes because for every individual, it means something different. And uh, over time, you will, you will get them. You have a better product, I believe. And uh, and so I try and hold them to that. For the same reasons I went to Ironman, the same reasons I was inspired as a kid, I think the sport is still there. It's still ingrained in there. You can't market your way out of that. And I think some of the errors that Ironman are doing is that, is cutting costs and, uh, and, and, and separating themselves from the heart that is, is this sport. And, and for you, um, you know, obviously what a lot of the stuff you've talked about is the, the age group experience, but being a pro athlete, I mean, um, are you going to have much focus on trying to make it better professional races or is it more about just the whole challenge experience for age groupers? I think that it's a big part of the challenge experience for age groupers, but I think we're challenged and they've had the runs on the board since day dot, you know, is that they've looked after the pros better than any other series in the world. And it's, it's the pros who need to ask themselves why aren't you supporting these races. You know, I, I sit in rooms with some of these pros that whinge about the lack of support in other race series, yet they go and support them. And, and I, I said, well, you know, Challenge has always supported the pros better than any other series. You know, you always get paid credit appearances fees, you always get paid, looked after well, you get picked up, you get cars put under, you get hotel accommodation, you get everything. But the pros decide on their own merit that, they want more or, they, or it's not good enough. And that's where I struggle, you know, when I listen to some of the pro guys going, oh, we don't get enough out of Ironman or these people don't pay me enough to stuff. Well, you know, it's not all, you know, you've got to support the events to support you as well. So Challenge have always done a great thing for the pros and Chrissy Wellington supported the series at the height of her career. I supported the series at the height of my career. Lothar, Jürgen, the, these people supported the series at the height of their career and the reason is... They've supported the pros better than any series it's ever been, and that was why it was very easy for me to to talk with Felix and the team at Challenge to to work with them, and they were open. They weren't closed. They were like, "What can we do better?" That's the one question that they've always asked when when I was racing at the height of it. Chris, how was the race? Tell us what we did wrong. You know, like what can we do better? I'm like, man, no race director has ever asked me that. 
And mm. that is the mindset of this, of this series, of these guys, and that's what they're trying to put together. And, and I've always said, and that's my message that I say to everyone now, and my push is, look, do Ironman. I'm allowed to do Ironman. They never said to me, I have to be exclusive. I can do any Ironman I want. Go and do it. Come and try one of these races, and you make up the mind, your mind for yourself. Be, a, be you a pro or be you an amateur. You make up your mind. I'm here to say this is so much better and it's one or the other. They stand behind their own merits. They sort of look, you know, and, and they sort of see it as, you know, they're a European product and if you think of it like a car, you can drive any type of car. Their mindset is we want to be the BMW. It's still a car. If you're driving a Toyota, you still get from one point to the other, but we want the experience and the drive and the feel to be that little that much better and that's that's really their mindset. Chris, and I'm not sure if this is an answer you, a question you can answer but one thing I see that Challenge has a problem with is their name. Um, you know, like if you think of a brand as, you know, like Man as a name, it's a bloody good name and, you know, they've obviously got pretty big market exposure and, and Challenge is getting better market exposure but I wonder what are your thoughts on the name and do you think that maybe long term it like if you're building a brand, obviously they're not going to change it, but it's just a bit generic. What's your thoughts? I, 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 mate, you have, I have to admit I was – when they first came up with Challenge, I was like, yeah, because at the same time there was a, a, a triathlon series in France and Challenge was like the beginner's triathlon series in, in France. So I actually had this discussion with, with Herbert, Felix's father, when he came up with Kel Challenge Roth. I remember like, Challenge? Really? Why – Challenge and he's like, oh, you know, I think it's because they're a European com- company, and they were trying to find English words. You know, okay, sometimes yep. I think, you know, challenge would seem like a, a very goodish word to pick. But I tend to agree that the the when I first heard the name, I was like, eh, yeah, I, it's a bit generic, it's a bit not inspiring enough. But I I think over time, if they can if they can build some some meat and potatoes behind that name. You know, I think Iron Man became a name because of the stories behind it. You know, I'm sure when they were sitting in that room, you know, in the 70s, and we'll call it Iron Man, people are like, "What? Well, that's a that's a Marvel character," you know. Mm. <laughs> and and now we've, you know, that logo is nice. The stories, the whole the whole presence of that brand is is strong. So I, I think it's up to their brand managers and and those guys within within Challenge to make sure they can build some depth behind that word challenge because uh, I tend to agree with you. It's In English terms, it's quite a, a weak, the wrong word, but quite a generic word. Mm. Interesting to see when the first people get that little challenge logo engraved, tattooed on well, the Well, that's heads. the aim, but isn't it? That's, yeah. you know, as, as you're saying, Chris, it, it, it's about creating a sense of ownership with the brand. And, and, you know, you look at Apple, you look at the top brands, that's what they do. And, you know, yeah. you know, I know from my own experience with just dealing with Felix, you know, you always get the, the feeling from challenge that they're coming from the right place. And, you know, and that's not just because I'm talking to you and all the rest of it. It's from day one. I remember when I first did wrote and I went there and I spent a day with Felix and everything. He told me about Harry. They bought these, these table covers because yeah. they were better for the athlete experience. And it was, <laughs> and it was like, like, wow, the detail that he cares so much about the athlete experience. But it just oozes from him, doesn't it? Yeah. And he greets every single finisher. Yeah. And I think actually I was at your first Roth. You interviewed yeah, me. Yeah, this yeah. Yep. At your first Roth, you interviewed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, they do. He's and it comes from the fact that Felix grew up with with the event. He, mm. he actually brought Jurgen Zach across the finish line. You know, when you see those little boys running with the 
with the balloons at every challenge race as the winners come in. Felix was one of those when Jürgen Zach won his first Roth race. He, he ran Jürgen into the finish line. So he grew up with the event. He grew up in the sport. And for the same reasons that many of that generation of youth came to triathlon and loved triathlon and, and loved the characters of the sport and loved what the sport was, he hung on to those. And, and you know, the sport has changed a lot. And it's become big business. And big business, you know, is driven by different things and than love, you know, and uh, with that comes changes. Some people like those changes, some people don't. You know, they've brought a lot of positives, but they also brought a lot of negatives. And I think there's a point in the middle to some degree where I think challenge can really slot in and, and hold on to that hold on to that passion that was was is what built this sport, the foundation that built this sport and has enabled big hedge funds to come in and see a value. Mm-hmm. And uh, that value wouldn't have been here if it wasn't for the passion that built the sport in the first place. And, and Felix's head and the team's head is in the right place because they're hanging on to that. Hey, Chris, um, you know, Kona wasn't what you expected it to be. And I, I don't really, I'm sure you've had to answered the questions about the race many times. But um, I'm curious about what was the experience of having to face up to that race afterwards? Yeah, it was, uh, I, I was, it had been a long time since I'd been disappointed in Kona, I must admit. And I, uh, you know, I did things differently and you know i i sat here with my wife and she said look it was brave I, I think it was brave what you did it was the first time i'd ever outsourced to a new coach i'd always done things a certain way i went and worked with darren smith you know it's easy for everyone now to go oh that was the biggest mistake in the world you know but you know i was in a different phase i'd come off a different block of work i i had a shorter prep and and i worked with darren um, straight off when I left off the Olympic team, I, I met with Darren a lot. I'd known him for a long time and we worked at, we'd spoken a lot while I was on the ITU circuit and, you know, I took him up on an offer to go to Davos and prepare differently for a long course race at ITU long course worlds. He said, why don't you come and prepare with us for the ITU long course worlds, see how you go and if it works for you, maybe you can have a look at Kona and working with us and ITU long course worlds, I, I hadn't had a coach like that, that one-on-one coaching for a long time where I don't have to worry or think about anything. I just turn up to the sessions. You know, I used to do that with Cole Stewart and I did that with Darren and I went on to win long course awards. I thought, man, that was easy. And uh, I, I said, you know what, I'm going to employ you leading up to Kona. Now, people are like, that's the stupidest thing you've ever done in your career, but I don't think so. I, I took it on and, you know, Darren was open that we made some mistakes on the altitude. But I was happy to accept those mistakes, you know. He presented me the science that we should come down a little earlier because we weren't high, as high as, you know, we weren't at 7,000 feet, we are only at 5,000 feet. So some of the science was conflicting on when you should come down from altitude and I, I decided that 12 days was enough and, uh, you know, I made that decision. It wasn't as if Darren said you need to come down and it was obviously we got it wrong because uh, I was hopeless. I was... And it just didn't correlate to to how I was training, and uh, and I'm convinced, 100% convinced, it was not had nothing to do with the preparation that Darren had given me, had nothing to do with the work I'd done. We bummed up by fiddling around with the attitude and getting that coming down process wrong, and, and we've spoken to a lot of people since then, and they're like, that can be hugely bad, and uh, I just think I was in that that poor window of time where you know the hormones that are released are. Have a negative effect on the body, and and as the body's adapting to the sea level, you're just weak. Because I was very, very weak, and 
you know, I had to own up to that. I had to face it, but I just had to put it behind me and say, okay, you made a mistake. You live, you learn, and it's not going to define me. I, I'm happy with that. I'm confident that was what was the, the error. I think Darren did a great job in the prep. I think our preparation was great. We made one error. It was a costly one, but we, we made one error. And uh, I would employ Darren again um, in a block again. I think he's a marvellous coach and, and the way he coaches and his team that he brings into a, a, a camp is phenomenal. But uh, I know a lot of people here in Australia especially, and I read some of the forums, he got a rough time and I was stupid. Why would I change something? When, when, when a given formula had been so successful for me in the past. But you got to understand, I was coming from a different place. I'd never done 12 months of no volume since I was 28. And, uh, you know, you're, you're employing a very, very smart man to do to work with you. So I was confident with that decision and I, I'm, conf- I'm, happy with the, I'm happy with the outcome, but I'm happy with the outcome of the outcome of the poor result, if that makes sense. Like I'm just sorry, but um, but because like I look at your 2009 result and the result wasn't what you wanted, but that day was I, I looked at you that day and I just thought, wow, you were the most impressive. Well, obviously the guys who won it were impressive, but yeah. the fight you showed that day was just unbelievable. You know, we saw you out on the course, you're walking. I thought you were a goner, and then I saw you, you know, coming home and you're just beating yourself up like I wouldn't, I've never seen before. And so that race, while it was disappointing, there was a sense of I know I gave everything. This race, what was the disappointment in comparison? Or was this, you know, like I don't do, hate to do negative, but was this yeah. one of the most disappointing races of your life? Well, I just I feel that the problem with this race as opposed to any other race there was, and, and I've tried to explain to people, I, I couldn't even deliver. Like I, I was like I had, I was ill. And, and uh. if, you know, it was like you're just, you're just weak. Like it's not that you, you can't push yourself. It's like you're pushing yourself and you're at 240 watts. Like you, you, you're going to get off the bike two hours behind. It's like, and, and we talked about it a lot after the race, and I felt like I'd just come off the flu. If you've ever had the flu and you, you do those first few sessions back and you're aching and you're just weak and you're like, oh, you can't even keep up with your father, that was me. I was, it was horrible. And, uh, you know, you make a judgment call. It was points out there where I didn't think I was going to make it. You know, as I got out to Harvey, I'm thinking, oh, I'm not going to get home in this. You know, so I, to compare the different races, at least in 2009, I I could deliver. I got beaten by better guys, and I, but I could deliver what I wanted to deliver. I was fighting with myself. I never even had the opportunity to get to a level this year in the race where I could fight with myself. I was just constantly weak, mm-hmm. weak, 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 you know, and, you know, my SRM, my um, quark data showed that. I was struggling to keep my watts above 260 even early in the race, which is, you know, we were doing three-hour bike rides at 340 watt plus, you know, TT sets in, in training only two weeks before and here I am race day and I'm not able to to even get above 260 watts. It's, it's, it's something wrong there. And uh, and we, we when we looked at everything and Darren went through everything, you know, he's a PhD, he's a smart cookie, he's like, mate, it's it's normal. We, we bummed up on it's an absolutely normal phenomenon if you get that attitude wrong. Um, that's a normal phenomenon. It made sense to me because a couple of weeks later, I was racing very, very well in uh, in Texas with a with a um, penalty. I had a great seventy point three. I had the quickest bike ride, and that made sense. You know, I'm like, thank you. You know, we've mm-hmm. got. You know, it just made sense to me because for me, walking away from that, you know, you walk into the house, you're like, what just happened? Like I, 
I can't believe what just happened. And there was a lot of talk, oh, Macca was only coming to Hawaii to announce his challenge deal. It was rubbish. Mm-hmm. It was rubbish. I actually thought I could win the race. I wouldn't have gone. And uh, I just never even had the opportunity. Now, did I want to fight to come 100th? You know, some of the amateurs out there say, you should have done that. But for me, at the, at the point in the race, I'm thinking, well, what's going on? I need to find out what's going on, you know. I didn't know if I was having a heart issue. There was no heart problems, but when you, you know what you're capable of doing and it's not happening, you start to worry a little bit. And I was definitely thinking that in the race. And when I got back and went through it all, you're like, oh, okay, well, hopefully it's not an AIDS thing. And uh, you try and work it out. <laughs> well, 20, 20 chances. 2013, we're going to see some some positive stuff. You're going to kick the kick the year off. Oh, and, I, I, find it, I find it funny that people would doubt you. You would do it for like people. You, if you if you've known Mecca long enough, you know the guy's not going to turn up just to do a promotion. You know, like you, you've always shown a fight. You know, like some people are just a bit thick sometimes. They are. 2013 is going to be a big year though. Starting off in Wanaka, I've heard um, other speculation out there from one person. <laughs> so <laughs> from one person. <laughs> so Ch- Challenge wrote, um, I believe you're racing there, and uh, this guy had a, had a theory that you want to be the first 40 year old to go sub eight and wrote. Is that? Uh, Part of your plan? We just announced season. it. Oh, I, I was about to announce that next week. And what <laughs> just, I'm just, uh, I'm I'd love to. I think I, you know, I'm 40 in April, and um, you know, I think that there's a big portion, of the, the biggest group of people who do our sport are my age, and and I've actually, you know, I, I saw that as a as a goal. Like I, I want to continue to beat these young guys. You know, I'm. I'm hoping to race Pete this year. I'm hanging for him to, to pick an Ironman. I was hoping he'd do Cairns. I want to beat the world champion. I want to continue to race at the top while I can. But breaking eight hours as a 40-year-old is just a personal goal and, and something I think would be pretty cool. So mm. I, um, it's definitely a, definitely on the agenda. Um, you know, I, I'd like to win Ironman Cairns um, this year and, and ratify for Kona. And uh, whether I race this year's Kona, I'm, I've put myself a busy year, but I'll assess on the build. And, and you know, like I said, I've never been in this type of – done this type of work this early in the year. I'll do Abu Dhabi, which is another long race in, in March. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have some downtime in July, which is around the Roth time. So I don't think this year's Roth will be sub eight, but uh, I'm 100% chasing it next year. Nice. Oh, so we've announced next year's thing. Next year, we're, yeah. we're, we're year ahead. <laughs> it's official. I'm doing Challenge Denmark this year. Hopefully, I can meet, you know, Princess Mary, who's an Australian, who's oh, a nice. Danish princess. Um, but I'm going to do Challenge Denmark. I'll do a teams event in Roth for Challenge, and I'm going to do uh, a teams race in Canada with Peter Reid. Oh, be- really? Yeah, so you should come and do the run. We need a runner. Okay, Bevan. Yeah, lock me in. Can you get me flights? Bevan was, he came out of retirement last week for his first triathlon in a while. So, yep, yep you had yep. a good strong run. You'll be yep. up for it. The run was the only good bit. So, you're lucky you're gonna need a, you need a runner. Yeah. Was that the tower on the race? No, it was just a short course in uh, Queenstown. Yeah, oh, Queenstown okay. International. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Mac, was- 
I, I think Australian in it makes it an international race. Yeah, I was amazed you weren't there. I think we're, we're all looking forward to you coming down to Wanaka because uh, you know that race is going to get a hell of a lot more exposure with by you being there. And Bevan's got more questions. Oh, there's one more question. You know, you, you know, you, you're good for PR, and obviously going to Wanaka is you know is, is, you know bringing you there is good for the PR of the race. Do you kind of think about how you can get more PR in New Zealand as you go over there? Yeah, well, I'm a Maori. I can't believe I say this is my country. Kia kaha, bro. Yeah, and you Pakihas took it from us. So coming, and then you left. Yeah, I'm coming back down to reclaim what is rightfully mine. But I, um, no, for me, is honestly, I was just up there for Terenzo's wedding, and you know, when I I have a Kiwi passport, my mother was a Maori, so um, from we we're too far to tour, which is the North Island, but. I, I used to go there as a kid and I was that annoying Australian that all my cousins disliked that Australia is better than New Zealand and Australia because you, when you're a kid you don't appreciate how pretty things are. And mm. I, I have to admit, like I, I went last year for, for that race in, um, what was that, Kinlock? Yeah. I drove from yeah. Terenzo's down to, the, to Lake Taupo and I thought, man, what a pretty country, you know, <laughs> what a pretty country when the sun's here. And the same thing last week when we went out to... Waihi Island, is it called? Waihi yeah, yeah, Island? Waihi, yeah, Auckland. Yeah. And I was thinking, man, this is pretty. And, I, and never in a million years would I have thought I would hear myself say to my wife, I tell you what, I can live here. You know? And then I remember going to New Zealand, when, um, to the South Island when I was 15, and thinking, man, this is pretty down here. So I'm, and I haven't been back to the South Island of New Zealand since then. So. I'm looking forward to going to Queenstown and Wanaka and, 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 and spending my time down in this part of New Zealand and taking my family mm. there because if I thought it was beautiful back then and now I, you know, I can appreciate what that is, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing just how spectacular it is because everyone I've spoken to here in Australia, I'm heading down to Wanaka, oh, man, what a beautiful spot. Mm. Unbelievable how pretty that is. And so I'm excited about that because, my, you know, it's a part of my – you know, like it's a part of my family that my, my, my kids never got to know my mother. They didn't know that side of New Zealand because when mum passed, we didn't go back there as much anymore and, and now my kids are full-grown Aussies. Mm. And I really, in my heart, want to take them back and go, you know what, I'm, I'm prouder now of my New Zealand heritage than I ever was as a kid. And I'm not trying to be a Kiwi or anything, but I, I want to take my kids and go, you know, this is where your grandmother was from and, you know, this is, you, you're actually part Kiwi, you're part Maori, you're... And for me, that's exciting. So racing there and winning there will be great because I get the opportunity. My kids know that that's what dad does as a job. But doing that in a place that we've talked about for the last couple of months, we're going to Wanaka and we're, we're going to spend time down there. They're going to get a better appreciation that this is more than just a, a race in a European country or in the States. This is a race that has some meaning to, to their father because his mother was, uh, well, their grandmother this is their, her homeland, and uh, I hope they appreciate that, and I'm pretty sure they will. The, awesome, the Wanaka Maze, take the family the Wanaka Maze and the, l- right. the, the Lelouch at yep. the top of the Queenstown gone lots of awesome times. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you down here and uh, kicking some butt down there and giving the Challenge Race um, some awesome exposure. So thanks for your time as always, Maka. We appreciate it. Can you tell me that? Is it going to be cold? Should I wear a long well, suit? No, I think it's got well, for you. well, if you're going 43 degrees tomorrow, it's nowhere near. you're going to be freezing, mate. Put your winter gear on. But, yeah. yeah well, what kind of temperatures are we, are we well, talking? Well, it's a bit hit and miss down the earth. So, you know, it could kind of be 30 degrees. 
And when, oh, it could be really hot. Yeah, it could be hot. And it's a dry heat, so, you, you know, you get burnt if you're out there. But but then I was there last week and it was a little bit overcast, so it's kind of hit and miss. Hot, windy, swim will be a bit cold. Yeah, the beautiful swim. You'll love it. It's a beautiful race. Oh, wonderful. Mm. Awesome. Have a good time, mate. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks for your time, mate. See ya. See you, Sweet. Do you think it's serious about me joining him Peter Reid? If you're there. Because I would sharpen up for that. Yeah. I tell you what. <laughs> I'll be talking about lowering my expectations. Yeah. Have they really said, look, Bev, you can do it. We'll get your flight over there. Felix, come on. We know you listen to the show. Give me a flight to Canada. Put me in their team. Yeah. I'd aim to go sub 240. Yeah. I'd probably want to try to get down to about 235. When's that? August? Yeah. I could probably do that by then, couldn't I? You started now, you could. Yeah. So just confirm it for me, Felix. Yeah. Imagine that if I got through that team. <laughs> <laughs> There's pressure of you. Felt there it. You go. I would love it, man. Imagine that. Yeah. Peter Reed, Maka, and me. Yeah. What would be our team name? Legends. <laughs> It'd be uh, Bevan and the guys. <laughs> I'm sure I'd get first first calling. How would you think? Yep, he's always good. Always uh, talks some pretty straight up stuff and pretty sensible words. That's what I thought. What did you think? <laughs> it's, late. it's far out, man. It's ten eighteen. I'm seriously, I'm, I'm out of my feet. Do you want to just crash here? No, I'm not worried about driving home. Yeah, I'm going to spare a bit. Um, I'll have a cuddle up with you. Well, you can always join in. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of a sandwich. <laughs> it's okay. Um, no, I, I think Mac is great. I wish more athletes. Oh no, my athletes are pretty great, but I just love his openness. Mm. You know, like I went to him with the challenge question, and he said, "Oh, you know, I kind of agreed early on." And mm. you know, it's more about what you build with the brand. A good response. You know, he, he just he doesn't he doesn't hide around beat around the bush, does he? No, he's good. And so, it's going to be good, great things for Challenge New Zealand. Uh, it's going to be a big weekend of racing. Well, I really am interested to see because you know you have got uh, you know the, the seventy point three champs, so that's going to get a lot of media exposure. Luckily, they're a day apart. Yeah, so really interesting to see. Saturday, but you know, will, will we get any news coverage beforehand because Mac is here? I think we will. Yeah. So wasting on Sunday, yeah, Sunday for yep. Saturday for challenge, Sunday for the lucky. Auckland. Also, not much happens on Sunday. Like the Sunday news is always pretty poor. Mm. Mm. It's funny how no, nothing bad happens in the world on a Sunday. Uh, yeah, pretty really. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do you want to do website of the week? Yeah, we'll quick, we're actually quick, up to about forty-four three minutes. No, we're up to about an hour five. With Macca's interview? Yeah. I'll whip through this. Okay. Website <laughs> of the week. <laughs> Grant Callahan sent this one through. Ironchicks.com.au. And it's basically a forum for athletic women training, smiling, and looking savvy. And the lady who set it up is... Dun, dun, Dun. Her name is. She's got a name on you. Where is her name? Her name is K- Catherine. Catherine. Yep. Nice. That's me. And Catherine completed Hawaii this year. Did she? She's a good friend that set it up. So basically, the deal is they're trying to collect a bunch of um, stories and, and motivate women who are into triathlon, into Ironman, and sharing their stories on here. So you can basically follow. Um, follow Catherine's sort of story and she blogs on the site has different um, this set and the other thing on there but also there's the opportunity for you guys um, you females to submit your stories and try to inspire others to get involved in our awesome sport so at the moment she's got some good categories like training with kids yep which you know unfortunately that's a bit more of a female issue it's a male issue for me at the moment (laughs) I'll tell you that right now but it's a bit more of a female thing isn't it females do 
yeah. generalising, you know, more responsibility for kids. Yeah, yeah. Come and go. When it's with school holidays, it's diff- very yeah, difficult. No, yeah, totally. But, um, school holidays are hard work, aren't they? They are. Yep. Yep. Uh, so basically just go check it out. She's got a blog, she's got a Facebook page, to put a page and basically the opportunity for you guys to share your stories and uh, and motivate each other. If you're feeling a little bit down or just want some fresh ideas, check it out, ironchicks.com.au. And if, if you're someone who likes to write pieces, submit them. Mm. Get on there. Yeah. Okay, um, ironchicks.com.au. Oh, there's Iron Chicks, you're right. Or I, you was, I think I was saying Iron Chick. Sign checks. Okay, very good. And thank you to Grant for sending that through. Let's call the show, eh? <laughs> no way. <laughs> Recipe Jose. Of the week. Quickly, you've got one minute. How, oh, about, so- how about we make a rule? Because people don't like it, John. Okay. But will you have one minute to sell the recipe? So wait a second. Okay. Okay, ready? On your marks. Get set. Go. So first you boil the no, chickpeas. No, you're not going to go through the whole <laughs> John Rea sent this through, and it's the long cycle double beef with hummus. I won't go through all the ingredients, but it's outstanding. Um, the cool thing about it is that John has done this the way you can fit it around a training session. Left. You make up your chickpeas. Um, you make them into a beautiful hummus, which I do a lot of at home as well, and then you just leave that to settle. You get the old hot cooker out, the hot pot, get the beef into the hot pot, Go out for a four-hour bike ride, come home, seconds. it's done. So it's basically a mix of chickpeas, making up your hummus with a bunch of other things in there, and then you've got some lean, organic beef, coarsely diced, some onions, some tomatoes, coriander. Put that into your hot pot, you're away. And it sounds pretty tasty, and you combine it in with a training session. It's all on imtalk.me under resources, the long cycle double beef with hummus. John, use five seconds spare. I'll give you that, okay? So no yeah. one could have stopped and fast-forwarded then. Yeah. That's good. Good work. Okay. Cayenne pepper. Oh, it's good stuff. It serves twice for two. Oh, here we go. Now you're padding it out a bit. Now you no, want to talk about it. No, I just wasn't impressed with that. Organic okay, sponsor. Piece. Going on, off, endurance. What's your, what's your thoughts? I had there, a question um, from good old Rob Green. Um, was asking me, oh, I'm going on and off the extreme endurance. Is, is that a, you know, how long does it take to get back on it and you need to come on and off it? And I was saying, you know, I, I'm not, I've not been on it all year round or anything like that. You know, my training. They do say all year round, but. Coming and going. They're going to say that. But I honestly, when I get back on it, um, it usually takes about a day or two before I start to feel feel the effects and start to feel a bit better. So, um, for example, this you know I was pretty slack and everything over Christmas and year. Back it up. Back it up. What? Well, you project twenty fourteen. Yeah, you got slack. I know. I did not get. I was. Well, you said I got slack. I did, but I was planning to get slack. So I was accepting of the situation. You I was on lucky. a family holiday. I'd built up nicely to that, and then I knew I was just going to have to get in what I could get in when I was away there. So it was planned. So I didn't really, I wasn't on the extreme endurance over the Christmas and New Year period. Got a camp coming up this weekend. Boom, straight back on it and I'll, I'll be feeling the benefits straight away. So um, I think you don't, you can't leave it too late in terms of getting on it. I still think you get the effects. Um, so well, you want at least a couple of weeks? Sorry? You want at least a couple of weeks? Look, I, I've, I get the benefits pretty much almost instantaneously. Oh, wow. So, you know, prior to this week, hadn't been on it, be on it this week, I'll be sweet for the weekend. It's not, it's not a bloody miracle cure. I'm not going to all of a sudden be uh, crushing everybody up the climbs, but the main reason I'll be taking for it this week is for the recovery purposes, and hopefully it'll boost my, my training a little bit, but the main reason is so I can back up day after day. What are you so doing this weekend? We are going from, we're doing the Alpine Triangle. We go Christchurch, Kaikoura, 180Ks, pretty tough ride. Yeah, it is a tough ride. Then we go Kaikoura. Especially because it's hard at the end. Oh, yeah. 
Kaikoura to Hamna, um, about 145, very tough day. Yep. And then we do about 150 on the next day um, through to the Lewis Pass and back. And then the fourth day is 140 back to Christchurch. Which is slightly downhill, isn't slightly it? Slightly downhill, yeah, but nice we're going to need it. Very much thanks to the Ironman New Zealand yeah, Trust because awesome. they supported the camp. And uh, we've got 30 athletes going to be rolling around, so it should be good times. And I'm going to be needing my extreme endurance. I can assure you of that. And it's going to be a big part of my plan all the way through to 20, 2014. So a bit of 2014 update, Christmas, New Year. Not very productive. That was part of the plan. Back on it this week. You need a bit downtime. Mm. John, just uh, put up Grow Crawford's... Xendurance.com. Ex- Joe Crawford's uh, website? Joe Crawford? Guy. Guy Crawford. Yep. Yes. Why uh, did you do that? I don't know how that happened. <laughs> but he recently won the Albany 70.3. Nice. Oh, I think it's a half. Yeah. So, 70.3 would be a half, yeah. Yep. 406. Nice. Simon Bluefew. Bailu. Bailu. Yep. Yep. Second. Yeah. Leon Griffin. He's my pick for Kona, for, for Wanaka, isn't he? Yeah, Leon Griffin. For Wanaka? Yeah. If Maka wasn't there? Yeah. Yep. Well, there you go. He, Third, was he? Yep. I have to exclude him from my Is picks. Albany in Auckland? No, Albany's in, uh, in Australia. Oh, okay. But Albany is in Auckland. But they don't have a 70 Guy definitely has the best photo shot. Look at that. Nice. That is commitment. Nice. GuyCrawford.us. Okay. Um, John, what was the next one? Let's waste a little John's history lesson. Do we want to do it or not? No, we, we, we can almost wrap up the show. Okay. We've got to do one more spot. So let, let's wrap up and then we'll do Coffee Savoy. Okay. Oh, no, no, I know we don't normally do it. Oh, we've done a sponsor. Oh, we can't do sponsors back to back. No, no, that's why, that's why I had John's history lesson in there. Okay, give me your history lesson. Come on. It's 10 30 anyway. <laughs> so, John, history lesson. lesson. Back in 1994, Bevan. John, I think you may have done this lesson before. Uh, let's just do it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Back in 1994, I was going through some of my old files, deleting things, and I saw this on there. I thought, oh, well, give it a crack. Old files? Yeah. Well, you don't delete. Sorry? You back it up. No, I was going through, you know, like I've got all my pages with age group of the week, history lessons, blah, blah, blah. And then when I've done them, I delete them off there. Like if I've got somebody send an email, paste it on there, cut it, put it on the show notes, delete. Oh, okay, now I've got you. Anyway, I had on there the last ITU World non-drafting champs, and I have talked about this before, but yes. maybe maybe not in a history lesson. Well, back in 1994, that's the way. Second, 94. I'm Harold am I? You uh, you're younger than me, aren't you? You're a year, year behind yeah, me. So I'm 35 so you would have now. Been sixth form. No, I didn't make no. it that far, John. <laughs> okay, you would not have been sixth form. I was seventh form. I've been working class man by this stage. You're working class. Yep, I would have been scrubbing toilets, my drugs, and all that kind of crap at that stage. Ninety four. So when I'm so I was seventh form. You would have been sixth. It's form. almost twenty years ago, John. Mm. That's mind blowing. It was a very late season race in November, <laughs> so the field was not stellar. <laughs> uh, it was a blustery day as well. How do you know this? You write because I was racing there, and. Uh, and it was a pretty blustery day, but it was the but last... But did you write this down or was it just memory? This uh, is memory. Okay. And I wrote it down as well. Yeah. Um, and basically, the main reason for this, it was the last non-drafting world champs. I was just plucking for ideas. I needed some content, people. I'm sorry. Uh, the course was an Don't honest... Be sorry. But the, the course was an honest course. Was it really? Yep. Yeah, you had a few hills in there. Um, went along Keeps the motorway a little bit and... Uh, Bit of, bit of a breeze out there, so it was honest. The winners on that day, Spencer Smith was the last ever non-drafting ITU World Championship. The reason why... If you do want to listen to some cool stuff and you haven't listened to Legends, mm. the interview we have with Spencer Smith is brilliant. You've got millions more downloads on that one than any other one. 
Yeah, I think it's just because of the first one. Yeah. I'm not sure what, because iTunes gave us lots of love. If yeah. iTunes give you love, your numbers go boom. Yeah. So Spencer Smith crushed the field. And, and this was, uh, what was interesting about it was, um, it really signalled that the next year did need to go drafting because what happened, he came off the bike, he had about like a minute and a half to two minute lead coming off the bike and then you just, I'd never seen an international race really before and you just, all of a sudden, there's like 30 bikes coming in. You're just uh. like, what the hell? And uh, it was just a complete draft fest, even though it was a somewhat challenging course. Um, it kind of did Smith's career but didn't it? Sorry? The, the shift in drafting. Yeah, and, um, but he just crushed everybody that day. And but it really was, you know, you kind of looked at it and went, if you can have a, have a moderately hard course and you still got a big pack together, you've got to pull in drafting. So the following year they did do drafting. Emma Carney equally on the girls' side of things just decimated the field and won by minutes. John, was it was it at that time? Now she was an amazing runner. We've tried to get her on Legends, haven't we? She, she'll be on at some stage. Okay. But, yep. Um, and very interesting story, her story. But um, at the time. It was obviously a pretty big topic, the drafting thing. Mm. Was it very divided or was it pretty obvious? Uh, I think some, yeah. It was pretty obvious it had to happen Okay, for, for the elites. But, you know, a lot of age groupers still go on, oh, we need to have non-drafting races. It's just, it just can't happen. Mm, it's too popular. It's just, it's just too many guys coming out of the water together it's just just not feasible so unless you'd come up with some other crazy ass format or, or yeah. whatever but anyway it was a fantastic day um, the juniors was interesting as well Emma Carney's sister Claire Carney won the junior race as well so what happened to her? she did okay she was um, she just I don't know she was, she was a sensational runner as well just when we, when we did the show. prep because we were going to do Emma I'm not sure what happened there we were going to do her on Legends and, uh, long story yeah long story it doesn't matter but it just didn't happen but John sent through this other interview she'd done on YouTube and I watched mm. it it was quite a long interview it was about over an hour or so mm. and um, it was really interesting like her, she was obviously a pretty good sportsman and there was, there was definitely an impression that her, her father pushed her hard oh yeah yeah and um, and uh, her father pretty much because she was a runner and she was quite a good runner wasn't she mm. before triathlon and but she didn't quite crack it did she yeah good for a white person basically you know competing <laughs> pretty compete, for a white guy <laughs> competing against Africans and stuff you know it's, and uh, and so her father pretty much said well look at the stats if you can you know I, I think you can be good at the sport basically mm. you know if you can run and swim to this level and she did and this this 1994 this was her first season of racing and she just decimated everybody she came over to New Zealand and uh, uh, to do the trial event which was at the start of 1994 and she was just so woeful in the swim she did get beaten I think there by Jenny Rose but her bike and run just crushed everybody but she was like probably seven minutes behind or something I don't know what it was out of the swim but she was miles behind and then she came to this race and she was she's right up she had a pretty fair swim it was out there and then just killed everybody on the bike Killed everybody on the run and just went on to crush it. That could never happen now. Right? You couldn't get a guy who's out of, behind the pack in a swim winning a race. It's no, pretty rare. No, yeah, no, no, no. What about what about um, what um, Jenny Rose? Did she win a world champ? She won a world long distance champ. She won the because they used to have their medal up at the gym. Yeah, no, she won a world. Uh, she won a Nice. She won a world long distance champ okay. in Nice, and she won a work, the World Cup circuit one year as Did well. She? Yeah, yeah. I'm so she was pretty sharp different era you know it's just different style of racing you know yep. she, these days she was she was just an all-rounder she was a good swimmer good biker fair runner um but these days you know when when drafting came in she was in the drafting race she just got absolutely spanked oh really it yeah. must have broken those athletes hearts yeah 
But there was a time she went on to Ironman, did some good things at long distance stuff. Did she win the Ironmans? Hmm, good question. She certainly won a few halves. Don't know if she won any Ironmans. So then the next year, 1995, shifted on to Cancun. Simon Lessing um, took out another world title. He didn't race in 94 in Auckland. And then Karen Smyers, who we've had on Legends of Triathlon, that was the year that she did the double. First year, and she did uh, the Kona ITU World Champs double, which was pretty damn impressive. Brad Bevan, interestingly, in 1994 and 1995, finished second both places. One of the best athletes ever not to win. Oh, so he never won a world champs? No. Wow. Yeah, but he was pretty impressive. Why was he so impressive? I don't, like, I don't know much about Brad Bevan, but he's got a great name, so I'm always interested. <laughs> he was... Because um, he was dominating, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he was. Like, Because back in those days, Lessing didn't do a lot of racing on the ITU circuit. He'd come, oh, along, didn't he? come along and do Worlds. Yeah, you did, you'd, back in them, you didn't need points and all that sort of stuff. He'd just rock up, do Worlds, wouldn't do much else. And what would he do in between times? Oh, he'd be off doing racing for a French Grand Prix team or he'd be doing um, when they had the... If you listen again to the Legends interview we did with... Um, Melina. Note with uh, the most recent one, Graham Fraser. You know, they had the International Triathlon Grand Prix. So he was just off doing different things and just do random events here and there. Brad Bevan was just crushing the World Cup circuit. You know, um, Hamish Carter was was often the bridesmaid. You know, it's Brad Bevan winning here, Brad Bevan winning here. He also was crushing in Australia. He'd win the um, series over there. And back then, that was quite a big deal. So he was just. I guess for us Kiwis, he was in the limelight because he was always on the front page. Yeah, because I knew of him, and like I, I knew nothing about triathlon. You, you knew Hamish Carter, and I, I knew of Brad Bevan, and mm. that was all I really knew of at the time. What what happened to Bevan? Uh, like, did he go to the Olympics? I don't think he did. I think he missed out on qualifying, and then I think he probably just faded away from there. So it was just pretty a little sure, bit late in his career. Yeah, pretty sure the Olympics was Miles Stewart. This is testing my Australian general knowledge. 2000 Sydney Olympics, I'm going to go Miles Stewart, because he definitely was there, Peter Robertson, and yep. I think Craig Walton. So what kind of athlete was Bevan? He was just a good all-rounder. Really? Yep, good all three. Who, when you were at that age, you know, you're an up-and-comer, and you, you know, you're thinking, I'm going to make a life out of this, who did you admire the most and why? That's a big question to ask at 10.35 on a Monday night, Bevan. <laughs> um, Keeping it long. And in terms of athleticism, um, it would just it was Spencer Smith and Simon Lessing. Oh, didn't, really? didn't really judge them on their personalities or anything back then. Yeah. Jay, they just just crushed everybody, just killed it. And they were both different, very different sort of athletes. You know, Spencer Smith was just a stocky ox, just bloody killing it out there. Simon Lessing was just that sort of uh, just natural, just killing it. Could win from any situation. Great swimmer, great biker, great runner. Could just do it all. So those two were just head and shoulders above everybody else. Wow. But then Mac came along in 97 and crushed him. Did the lesson winning again after that? No. I know he lost in a sprint finish in 1999 to Dimitri Garg. I'd have to go back to the old uh, John Newsom history <laughs> vault and try to think who where it was in 1998. 1998, was uh, he won in <laughs> Lausanne, Switzerland, and Paul Amy was second. So he did win. Paul Amy's still racing. Yeah, Paul Amy was second. Don't know who finished third, but I remember I was there watching that one. <coughs> did um, were you in Switzerland? Yeah, it was in Lausanne. And did you uh, race? No, I had a broken hand. And Evelyn Williamson finished third in the women's race. It was an outstanding performance. Who's she? She's the Kiwi. And Joe okay. Joe King, not joking. I'm joking. Joe King. <laughs> stop joking. 1998 Lausanne. Joe King won the world women's title. So so what happened to Mecca? Why he won 97 and then 98 he was rubbish. Oh really? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he was rubbish. 
because he was in Maloose that year. He was he was there when I broke my hand. It was his fault. Oh, I thought it was Crowe's fault. Uh, Macca, it was more. It wasn't. It wasn't anybody's fault. That was just, <laughs> Your they, fault. They Come on, take responsibility. They were there. <laughs> so, so, so when Macca beat Lesson, that would have been a massive coup. Mm. That would have been an OMG. Oh, oh big OMG. <laughs> Capital big. OMG. And Hamish, did Lesson finish second or third? I can't remember. Hamish was either second or third as well. Hamish never won a world champ. So did he? you had basically Brad. You had. Um, you had Macca just off the front. He was just off the front of them. There was like a small gap. What, on the bike? On the on the run. And then there was Lessing and uh, Hamish running together. And I can't remember who got the better of each other. Macca must have... Because Macca was quite young at that stage, wasn't he? Relatively, yeah. Well, he's 40 now, so that's 20... That's 17 years ago. 17 years ago, yeah. Mm. Wow. Mm. That would make him 27. It was a pity Hamish never won the world champion. Eh? He got close the year after the Olympics, didn't he? He got second, didn't he? Big story there. Well, what, Tim what? Don. Yeah. Drugs. Yeah. <laughs> not saying he's a drug cheat, but... Yeah. No, I'm not saying he's a drug cheat this time. <laughs> it's not Lance. Yeah. But he, he missed a couple of tests, didn't he? He did. Yeah. There you go. Good padding. Yeah, we really did. I think we had 20 minutes. <laughs> Coffee. Oh, it's good to talk about triathlon. Like, I do like the knowledge you've got. It's good. Coffee's the way. John, tell me about it. Ah, Bevan. If you feel like a fresh roasted coffee delivered to your door on, you know the, what? on the schedule that you choose. Mentally, I need it right now, yes. but also it'll be a fatal mistake because this show is finished in about 10 minutes. Yeah. So I wouldn't be sleeping tonight. For a limited time, you get a free cappuccino cup and saucer when you sign up for recurring delivery and the first three deliveries ship free. There you go. Get your free, coffee free, delivered free. every month. I'm because I've I've got this dilemma. You see, tell me, um, tell me your dilemma. Because Belinda's gets her coffee, um, and I never know what sort of coffee to get, and she wants coffee to why or whatever. But it's, it would be so much easier if we just said, "This is what you're getting. Get it delivered every month, or spice it up a bit. You know, go one. Uh, I want to get get it every two months, and I'm going to get two different sorts of coffee. It's just coming every time. It would just save 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 some hassle. I don't know why it's a dilemma because there's a solution. I know. Yes. I should take out the solution. You should. Mm. It's a no-brainer. It is. You've said there's a dilemma, as you'd already told your problem before you said there's a dilemma. Good point, Bevan. Good point. John, do dreadlocks a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. What are dreadlocks? Well, because I'm on the Coffees of Hawaii website right now, and they've got the canoe guys, and there's a guy in the background with dreadlocks, and the other day I was at the the beach, and there's this white dude with dreadlocks down to his butt, and he was only, what, 22, something like that. They're just smelly and dirty, Bevan. Yeah, they didn't even look that cool. Mm. You know? And I was just wondering. Nothing with dreadlocks. So some people can pull it off. Mm. This guy, not so much. Yeah. So get yourself your recurring delivery. Get your coffee arriving on time every month. Don't have the same dilemma I have. Solve it. Solve it. Sort it out. Solve and, it. Um, any promo codes, go to imtalk.me and look, click, click under... Sponsors, and we've got all the promo codes under there. So check it out, coffeesofhawaii.com. Evans yawning. You get They've got he- a promotion code at the moment too, free shipping. Yes. So. Get Hilo Coffee, Kawi, Kawi Coffee, Kona Coffee, Maui Coffee, Molokai Coffee, Chrissy Coffee still on there. Wedding flavours. Island blends. That's co- a good wedding decaf. Reason, isn't it? Get yourself a bit of decaf. Look, they've even got pictures of churches with their wedding flavours. Unroasted beans. Stop it. It's even sold out. There's been so many weddings, John. Goodness me. Just um, Coffees of Hawaii, guys. Check, check, check it out. Sponsors. Coffeesofhawaii.com. Check, check, check it out. Extreme endurance. Check, check, check it out. Athlinks.com. What's it, what's it, what's it all about? Who sings it? 
people. Yep. John, there you go. it's been a marathon effort. It has, 10.40. How am I going to cope? I've got another day of childcare tomorrow. Oh, so what's happening? Why, so why are we recording Linda's, early? Linda's working this week, um, all day, every day. Oh, really? The kids, and I've got to get ready to get away. All day, every day? What time yep. does she start? What's all that about? She's meant to be the woman. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a joke team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody's away at work, so she's she's filling in, which is fine. You know, it's a good bit of extra dosh. But show um, me the money. It's it's all right when it's not school holidays. It's just school holidays are a pain in the ass. Oh, because they don't have chalk here. Yeah. Well, why don't you put them chalk here? No, it mm-hmm. costs money, Bevan. Oh, okay. Come on. So you become chalk here and hate I it. I become chalk here, and then my parents were supposed to be doing, it and they were sick, and then I fall behind schedule, and it's all turned to custard. But you don't have to work tomorrow now. Sorry, you don't have to work. Tomorrow, yeah, I still want to do stuff tomorrow. I still want to do stuff. Do you sleep in? No. How often do you get to sleep in your life, mate? I don't sleep in. Really, ever? I don't. It doesn't work for me. But do you do you do the old stay in bed for a little bit longer? No, I just piss Belinda off if I do that. Oh, yeah. Because I lie there, I'm like, I'm awake. <laughs> tap, tap, tap. <laughs> so. You're there. Well, now you got your Kindle. Yeah. So you got a Kindle. Yes. Were you pretty happy with that? Yeah. Well, yes, I was, but. It only became a good idea when Belinda wanted to get me a Kindle, and it wasn't a good idea when I wanted to get her a Kindle. Because when, when we went to Kona, you were thinking about it, weren't you? She was like, don't get me a Kindle, I don't want a Kindle. That was a great idea. I thought, mm, okay, then I won't get it, because I've sometimes got things when she said not to get them, and it really hasn't come off very well. Oh, no. So I said, oh, okay, I won't get you a Kindle. And now she wants my bloody Kindle. She's trying to get a little greasy mitts all over it. Are you liking it? Sorry? Um, yeah, it's good. John, yeah. one thing, that the, the argument people come up with when you get a Kindle, and, I, and they go, they like the feel of books. That's the argument I always hear. And to me, the Kindle is so much better than reading a book because you can hold it in one hand. You can position it really easy. You don't have to move it around when you're changing pages. It's actually a much more comfortable experience. What's your experience as a newcomer to the Kindle? Uh, I'm indifferent. I don't mind holding a book. <coughs> so it's, it's in terms of what, what I like is a price. In terms of buying books, that's, that's quite a strong. <laughs> Always mo- goes back to the moolah. It's quite a strong motivator for me, and uh, ease of you know, I want that, I can get it now, and it's there. Yeah, that's so cool. I think that's a motivator. But in terms of holding a book versus holding a Kindle, um, indifferent doesn't doesn't either way. You know but, what I've got, but I think I think where it's going to come into play is. Uh, trying to read like at the beach and things like that. No, uh, it's brilliant. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, you get a lot of glare off books and stuff. Yeah. And um, The so other thing is just sand. Yeah. I've got this really cool cover. Joe got me this cover for my birthday, I think it was. <clears throat> and the cover was 100 books. <laughs> the cover's like just as much as a Kindle. Nice. But it's really good because it's got a light. Yeah, I've, I've told Belinda about that. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I don't think you can win 100 bucks. No. <laughs> now you've got your blender. There's no hope. Blender is brilliant. Um, what did you get for Christmas, Bevan? My teacup? Teacup. Yeah. Joe did pretty well, actually, because I went for the big GPS watch, oh, yeah. and it turned out okay, because I thought she knew what it was. Mm. Did I tell you that story? No. Well, what happened was, I got it from Wiggle. Yeah. Pretty cheap old Wiggle. Yeah. And I got it from Wiggle, and sent it here, and it turned up when I was away, mm. and the courier delivered it, and I thought, oh, she's going to know what it is, because it's from Wiggle. Yeah. <laughs> Joe's pulling the funny face Got off. the yawns going. <laughs> and so, um, so, so I thought, oh, she's going to know. Open up Christmas Day, she never clue. So oh, that was a winner. And then I also got an iPhone case because she's got my old iPhone now because I got a new one. But um, so that was cool. And then, but she it's, got it's me. It's a bit like the Kindle, it's a gift you can use as well. Or do you get a pink one? No, in terms of the watch, you know, you can go running with a bit of GPS. I got the pink one. Well. I use my phone as a GPS when I run. Okay. Yeah. 
But anyway, um, so I got a tea mug yeah. and a teapot. Yeah. I love my mug. Look at the size of that. Yeah, solid. Um, Breaking Bad, the TV series. Have you heard of that? Yeah, no, yeah. It's a TV series I've wanted to watch for a while, so I got that, which I'm really happy with. She got me 10 movie vouchers because I love the movies. How many bloody presents <coughs> do you give each other? What's, what's wrong with giving each other one present? Well, we spend about 300 each. Jesus. And what, the, what do you mean, Jesus? <laughs> one present. Well, I went big ticket. Yeah, yeah. And she went lots of tickets. Right. And then she got me um, some T-shirts. And to be honest, I don't like people choosing my clothes. Mm-hmm. A little, and when I opened them, I was a little bit like, oh, not really. But then when I put them on, she well, nailed it. Working for you. Yeah, go. I was pretty happy with that. And then she also got me um, some aftershave things. Mm-hmm. Some Adidas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. It's a bit of product. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah go yeah. Adidas. Um, and maybe even something else. Oh, yeah. Is that good? Do you know what I got that I was really happy with? Yeah. Joe's family, because they did the Secret Santa thing. Yeah. I, I took a risk, actually, John, because I bought her... Did you give somebody a middle name again? No, that was cold, that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was cold. I forgot that we did. Here you go. Merry Christmas. Here's a freaking middle name, you plonk. <laughs> it was gold. We even made a certificate. Yeah. But no, I bought her sister a really nice necklace. And mm. John, I spent a lot of money on the necklace too. And, uh, and Don't I, you have limits on your secret Santa? John, I love giving. Yeah, okay. You know, I was spending like 130 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> but We have a $50 limit on our secret Santa. Well, yeah, but John, I just, you know, I went... Cause the You're the was, one that ruins secret Santa for everybody. You go, we're all going to have $50, and then somebody goes and gets a $150 present, and then the other people feel stink. But John, no, because no. Because okay. because jewellery, they don't know how much it's worth. Right. So she probably thought it was just some $50 thing. Yeah. But I didn't really care because it was really nice. Mm. But I took a risk because choosing jewellery for chicks is mm-hmm. you know, pretty risque. And I didn't have Joe's help. I just yeah. went to Silver Moon and spent like three hours here walking yeah. around in circles. Yeah. And then you know, I got sick of it and chose one. And she really liked it. Good. So that was good. But I got this. When I go camping with the crew, the Glendu crew. I've got to tell you my secret Santa <laughs> present I got. Okay. <laughs> How long have we for? So, you know, when, I, when, when we go with the Glendo crew, we've been there two years already, and it's our third year. We're kind of, yeah. you know, we, we even yeah. got the jerseys this year, so we know yeah. we're pretty cool. They all have these really awesome Katmandu chairs. The moon chairs, have you seen those? Yeah, yeah. We get the cheap warehouse ones, mm-hmm. the $10 warehouse ones, which always the arms end up ripping, mm-hmm. yeah. the legs end up breaking, but fundamentally we're pretty tight. My secret center, mm-hmm. moon chair. Nice. Loving yeah. it. I felt, yeah. felt like I was moved up in the yeah, world, back, John. Back in it. Yeah, I feel a bit posh. Got an apple tree. <laughs> you got an apple tree now. <laughs> <laughs> you got an apple. What do you mean you got an apple tree? That was my secret Santa present. Who got it for you? Well, secret Santa did. No, but don't, don't you tell each other who it is on the day? Well, you kind of figure it out. Uh, who was it? Mother in law, I think. An apple tree? Yeah. Were you happy with an apple tree? I don't know. I'll, that'll be useful. Yeah. Be useful. Well, will it or will it's it just be like picking up a lot of apples? It's better than the fire extinguisher she, she nearly got me the other year. <laughs> fire extinguisher. Do you always end up with her? Um, I seem to, yeah. So no, apple tree, it was kind What'd of... What do you give for your secret sender? Uh, a mountain biking guidebook. So mountain biking all around... Do they um, like mountain biking? Yeah. Oh, that's good. And... Did you pick these or did Belinda pick them? No, I picked this. Oh, I got this one. Uh, mountain bike. And then... Uh, half a dozen sort of boutique beers, really boutique sort of beers. Oh, nice. Yeah. We had a $50 limit, so you had to stay on a budget. Brother, brother-in-law. Giving, John. Mm. It's the time of giving. Do you know what's really cool? 
Oh, do you know the dilemma John and I have? Tell me. <laughs> Tell me at 10.48. I wonder if he knows. My family, you buy for everyone. We don't yeah. do secret Santa because you love yeah. everyone in your family. So I've got two nieces, a nephew, my sister, her boyfriend, my mum, my dad, my nana, and then my daughter. So we've got mm. nine people we buy for. Mm. Joe's family, you know, secret Santa. So that's probably partly why I bought the necklace as well. Because with my family, I kind of go uh, $50 for the adults, mm. 35 for the kids. Yeah. So it's an accumulation yeah. You're pumping up the bloody Christchurch economy, I tell you that. Well, you know, I like giving. Yeah. I do like I do like giving. And this year I also decided no vouchers. No vouchers. No vouchers. Don't buy vouchers. It's a weak effort. Yeah. So I chose presents for everybody. Yeah. And other than my mother, she didn't like what I got. <laughs> oh, really? I, I took a risk on my mum and she opened it. She goes, mm, did you get an exchange card? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot. Anyway, we've been waffling and it's late. I'm Russ. Yeah, I'm in it. Train hard. Oh, I see. I'm, I'm racing this weekend. Woo! Nelson Sprint Triathlon. Oh, are you? Yeah. Do you think, what, where do you think you're going to get? I've got no idea. Top seven, John? Top seven. If you don't get what top... are you going to give me if I win? I'll give you one of my movie vouchers from Christmas. Yippee! Oh, come on. Life for pies out lately. Have you seen The Hobbit? I want to go see James Bond. Is that still rolling? Oh, you've got to see James Bond, John. Yeah. It's only $10 at the moment. There you go. Okay, I'll All give right. you two. Two. Two of my Christmas presents, but okay. only if you win. I'm wondering you. Okay. Iron Russ. I mean, train hard. Train smart. Kia car. Although you could use that money you owe me for the gambling. Yes. <laughs> Just so. Ready, ho. Bedtime. Yeah.